blessed assurance. Greetings in Jesus' name. The message you are about Jesus to listen to is brought to you from Impact Church, located along Parker Road at Pulvi House, third floor, Westlands, Nairobi. Our vision is to be a church for those tired of business as usual. You can contact us on plus 254-710-640-240. For further details, visit our social media pages, Impact Church KE1. The kingdom of God is not a matter of words, but power. Welcome to a life-transforming message. And washed in his blood. Hallelujah. We're going to look at the word of God this morning, and, and once we read through these scriptures, I'll allow you to have your seat. We have a message entitled, Lunch into the Deep. And my subtitle is, this is no ordinary God you're dealing with. Amen. This is not an ordinary God that you're dealing with. Over in the book of Luke, the fifth chapter, I want to go there from the first through the fifth verse. And we'll begin to read at verse one. The Bible said, and it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and talked the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, Lunch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draw. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Father God, we pray today that the impact of lunching into the deep with you will be no ordinary lunch. It will be something supernatural. I pray today, God, that you would take our hearts and our mind and lock us up in you so we'll see the impact of what you're sharing with us and what's happening with us and what you're doing through us. Father, I pray as this word come to an end, we would never be the same people. We'd never, ever go back to the old way. We're operating the new. Thank you for the power and ability being present. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. We we'll give you honor, praise, and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may have a seat. Once again, we thank God for everyone that's in their respective places. It's always an honor to be in the house of God. And I'm indeed honored, as I shared with you a little bit earlier, to be here and you just don't know how happy I am to be here. <laughs> it's something special, amen? And I really appreciate it. We feel right at home when we come here. We thank God for this uh, area in the city. And we really, me and the wife, we're so grateful to be inside of the city of Nairobi. And we thank God for those that are working alongside of us to help us do what we're doing. Such a blessing when you see members in the body pulled together and so we want to say we appreciate you but here today I have a word that God kind of stirred up in my spirit when I uh, said you know let's see what Pastor Andrew is doing let's call him and first see if he'll let us you know kind of sneak in his house you know and come over there 
once he gave us the green light, I started talking to the Holy Ghost. I said, now that I got a chance to get the pastor to say I can come, what you want me to say to him? And so God gave me this word, and I want to share it with you. I think it's really something, and it impacted me as I was putting this whole thing together. And I'm sure if you feel my spirit and the spirit of God, you'll be able to receive what God is actually doing. Now, saints, one of the things that you and I begin to notice that great things happen in our lives when we begin to press to hear the word of God. When you're pressing to hear the word of God. God can see, and he saw this crowd of people, they were pressing. They want to hear what the master was saying to them. They wanted to know the keys to the kingdom. And, and any time you begin to press forward in your pursuit for God, I'm here to tell you something great is going to happen. Always tell people, you can't be after God and end up the same person. I say, you can't go after God, and if I see you a year later, you're still the same person. That is not true. It can't happen. Anybody that hang around God, something happens to them. Because God is a transformer. His anointing is that rich that if you fall inside of his spirit, you're going to come out somebody else. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. See, they, these people had an aggressive hunger. They were thirsty. Christ saw this. He noticed they wanted to hear the word of God. He saw that these people, they, they had problems, and, and they knew that the word of God was the solution. It's okay for me to go to work. It's okay for me to have a home and, and have a nice car and have kids going off to school and having those type of things. But it's something about God's presence that none of that can make up for me. Doesn't matter what you give me, I still want God. Doesn't matter how many places I've been in the world, I still want God. I see people, they, they say, oh, I went here and I did this and I did that. And I'll be saying, but I got God in my corner. That's what I love about this journey. Doesn't matter how I get there. Doesn't matter what I'm riding there. It's the journey with God that makes the difference. It's the word of God that transformed me when I didn't know anything. I didn't have anything. I met God one day and he began to work inside of my heart, began to work inside of my mind. And he transformed me. And when I look back I can realize I'm this person then I owe it all to him all the blessing, all the credit all the praise, all the worship I wake up worshiping God, in the middle of the night I thank God, the home I live in, I've been there probably three and a half years, but every morning I wake up and I say you gave me this hallelujah, you gave me that car, you gave me that bank account you gave me these clothes, you sent me to the world, I give you the praise, you're the honor, you're the one to be honored for all that happens in my life. Hallelujah. The people was hungry. They had a thirst for righteousness. The Bible said that the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. Today people press to get away from the word. If only you knew the dynamics behind what would happen if you had this buried on the inside of you. It's a transformation. It's a transformer. It's a word that can find you in the strangest place of your life and pull you right out. Jesus spotted two ships that was in the dock. They had been out, as we heard Simon say, we've been out all night. And he saw the ship, and he got into one of them, which belonged to Simon Peter. And he said, Peter, do me a favor. Push the boat back some. Because he realized the people came close to the edge where the water were. And so he said, push back some so I can teach them. It's amazing how God spotted those two ships. He spotted them because they were idle. He spotted them because the ships was not doing anything productive at the moment. And that's the way God is. He, he'll look in and he'll see you in your state of nothing. He'll capture you when you're idle. You see, that's why nobody can really boast about 
what they know that God is doing in their life because most of us, when God found us, we was in the bad place of our life. And see, when God found me, I was coming from the worst situation that most people would ever dream that God would ever say anything to. I was in the streets running around doing the wrong things, smoking the wrong things, drinking the wrong things, and I thought I was having a great time until I heard something sound like a choir inside of my car. And I went to adjust the radio because I knew I had the bebop station on. And then all of a sudden I hear, hallelujah. So what is that? And I'm trying to adjust the radio, but the song kept getting closer and closer to me because I was in an idle state and God spoke to me. He said, come out from among them. I have work for you to do. I said, come out. I mean, my life over already. I'm young. I haven't lived yet. It's time to die. You hear the voice of God, you're going to start asking a lot of questions too. And so later on, God began to share with me, I'm not trying to kill you. (laughs) I want to use you. And I gave my life over to the Lord. It took a moment. But I began to do some things that I didn't think. I thought it was normal to do it. I saw something in the Bible about getting in your prayer closet. I would go in there every day and I would I worship God and praise God and being there for hours just doing this. Doing this. I'm telling you, you cannot be around God and come out normal. I continued to do this and I had an encounter with the Lord. That's when God began to show me world vision. Began to show me ministry. Begin to tell me, you'll end up here. You'll go to world, to the world and do this and do that for me. I'm telling you, you hang around God and you get in there. He will expose to you who you really are. He caught the ship idol. And he offered them a plan that will lead to their greatness. I'm telling you, anytime God captures you and you follow the plan, greatness is going to spring up out of you. Everybody in your family going to say, I remember when. That's what God like about the story of your family, your friends. They got the I remember when, and God got the victory. Hallelujah. He'll show them a picture they've never seen before. He'll lead you to your greatness. But you got to cooperate with God in order for this to work. Remember David. His brothers was on the front line. And David, father said, David, come here. Let me give you some food for your brothers. And he said, oh, by the way, here's an offering. Take this to the priest. Get this to the priest and ask the priest to bless your brothers. In other words, go sow a seed and ask God to show us mercy that them boys won't get killed down there. Because they was on the battle on the front line against Goliath. David took that lunch and always say. His obedience allowed him to walk into his destiny. He did not know that sandwich would tie to him becoming a king. He didn't know that bag he had in his hand was going to lead to him becoming a permanent name in the earth even today. His obedience got him his prominence. His obedience brought him the royalty. His obedience brought him closer to God in a way that he never dreamed of. Simply because God planned was for him to take that giant out and that turned his whole life around. Elijah will plan in a field and along come Elijah and simply take his anointed cloth and hit him he turned and he recognized this is my calling it's my turn he took his plowing too broke it all up called the family in for a feast took the same wood and did a little barbecue fed them all and said hadios and left became one of God's anointed prophets as we follow him through scriptures Moses simply walking around with a sheet rod in his hand and saw something that was unique. Here's a man idle, just tending to sheep, 
no real purpose, hiding from what he did in his past. See, sometimes God's trying to liberate us from our past by bringing us to our greatness. And we steady hiding us out of the closet. Come on out. Hallelujah. This man took a rod in his hand after God worked with him and said, what's in your hand? Lift it up and part it the Red Sea. Come on, somebody. This is no ordinary God we're dealing with. Esther was full of pride, beautiful, gorgeous, drop dead, beautiful. She walked around with her head a certain way, stepped a certain way. Until her uncle walked in there and said, you think you're cute, don't you? We're all about to die and they're going to find out you're one of us and you're going to die too. Better get in there and say, tell them what thus says the Lord. And she went before the king, put a nake on the line because had he said, I never call you away with you, they would have killed her on the spot. But the anointing that had been placed on her caused her to come in the presence of even danger. Let me tell you something. That devil can't kill you if he wanted to. Ask Job. God said, just don't kill him. So he couldn't kill him. He wanted to, just because God told him not to. He wanted to kill him. That's why he killed everything around him. But God saved him. He saved this nation through Esther. Daniel stayed true to God. He said, I don't care what you say. I'm going to pray three times a day, and I'm going to keep looking towards Jerusalem. They threw him in the lion's den. This is no ordinary God you're dealing with. Come on, you think you got a problem? As one of the old preachers used to say to us, you don't have a problem. Only thing you need is faith in God. Amen. That's where your problem is, a lack of faith. Remember now, when you look at all of these people, it was their will that was involved. If greatness is going to come to pass, you're going to have to let God use you. You got to surrender to the power of God. There'll be a place that will challenge your common sense. It'll make you look crazy in the eyes of others. It'll make you look out of touch with many. I remember I had a car once. And things got real tight. And the devil said, hey, you got enough money right there. Won't you take that and make the car payment? I said, oh, no, I can't do that. The money he was talking about was my tithe. I said, no, I can't do that. That belonged to God. He said, God understand. He know what you ask. God don't understand nothing. He already told me what to do. I refused to give up my tithe. I kept giving my tithe. And I saw no other income coming in. And they took my car. They call it repossession. Now I don't have a car. They took the car. I was at this particular credit union bank type deal. So they took my car and put it in front of the credit union and put a for sale sign on it. Now the embarrassing part was my whole family was banking at this bank. <laughs> Hello, somebody. And every time they went in there, they looked at my car and came and told me, I saw your car at the bank. I was embarrassed. I kept praying to God. I said, God, what is this? And so God, he didn't say anything for a few days. And I kept working. Sooner or later, I started noticing supernaturally resources start coming to me. Before I know it, I had a whole bunch of money stacked up. I kept like, what was this money when I need to pay for that car? And God said the strangest thing to me. He said, now go back to the bank and tell them to get your car back to you. I said, oh boy, I can see something great finna happen here. Now sometimes you just gotta like lose yourself and go crazy with God. He, he like it when you just say, I'm nutty buddy for you, Okay. So I called the bank and I said, hey, look, uh, 
I'm calling y'all reference to this car. And the lady said, oh, yeah, that car we got there. She said, by the way, here's the rules. We, we repossess the car. Until we sell it, you need to be paying the difference on this car. And when we sell it, if we sell it, say, for instance, it was uh, for $10,000 and they sell it for eight, they say, you're going to have to pay the $2,000 difference. I said, that don't sound good. They said, won't you start making payments now? Because we're going to sell the car to somebody else. I said, but I want it. They said, you don't get it back. We took it from you. So I hear in the back of my voice, ask them for their supervisor. I said, well, can I speak to your supervisor? They said, hold on. So they go and get somebody else to come out and say, hey, I want to get my car back. They said, sir, when we repossess the car, you don't get it back. You lost it. That's why we took it. I said, well, who is your supervisor? They said, there's nobody else but the bank president. I said, can I speak to them? No. I said, could you take them a message? A message? Yeah, take them a message for me. Tell them I said I have the money to catch up all my payments on the car, and I want my car back. They said, well, call back late on this afternoon. I have a meeting with them today, and, and I'll let you know. They go. I called them in the afternoon. I said, hello? What did he say? I can't believe what he said. What did he say? He, he told me to get back to you. He said, you can get your car back. I said, oh, okay. I go down. The lady said, I can't believe that. They, they told me to get back to you. I took the key out of hand. I said, that's my key. And I'm going to show you the Holy Ghost now. Because people tried to do you in. The Holy Spirit says, Ask them for a loan. I said, huh? I don't need no money. He said, ask them for a loan. So I turned around and said, hey, I'd like to borrow some money. They said, borrow some money? You can't borrow no money from us. I said, why? They said, because you got a repossession on your record. I said, no, I don't because I got the car right here. It can't be repossessed. I got it. And the lady said, no, 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 you can't do that. I said, I want to borrow some money because I have a clean record. She said, no, you can't do that. So she gets on the phone and called the supervisor and said, this guy's trying to borrow some money. He's saying that he don't have a repossession. And the supervisor said, he's right, he don't. You gave the call back to him. He don't have it on his record. Loan him the money. What I'm telling you is this. Your breakthrough is in what God tell you to do. You're not dealing with an ordinary God. Once Jesus finished teaching the people that was hungering and thirsting after righteousness, once he realized they were satisfied, he didn't want it to pay Peter rent for his boat. So, he said, Peter, I need you to do something. Now remember, God's never going to ask you to do anything that he's not willing and capable of blessing you and what he asks you to do. He's never going to ask you to do anything. He's the supplier. He's the one that's going to bless you. Notice now, in that fourth verse that Jesus never asked Peter, Peter, did you catch any fish last night? He already knew Peter's condition. He already knew he didn't catch anything. He already knew where you live at. He already know what your bank account looked like. He already know about your school bills and your mortgage. And he knows everything about your kids and what they need. God is not ignorant. Come on. He knows everything. And just because he don't ask you, don't mean he don't know it. He knew Peter didn't catch one fish. And he knew what Peter was dealing with. And he knew what the solution was. So he said, Peter, launch into the deep and drop your nets for a drought. Now Peter is looking at Jesus. And you know what he's thinking? Hmm. Guess he don't really understand fishing. You want me to go out into the deep? Yeah, I want you to go all the way out there. I don't want you to fish around the edge. Just 
it's, it's not going to work here. I need you to get into the deep part of this. See, sometimes God is telling you, I want you to go all the way up in there. I don't want you to stop right where you feel comfortable. See, we're always trying to do everything to make us feel good. Make us feel comfortable. I didn't want them to put that car in front of that uh, bank so everybody could see it, especially my mama, my brother, my sister, my auntie. All of them was coming in and out. Talking about, Isn't that his car? He said he's the preacher. His car been taken. See, sometimes we have pride in us that God is trying to purge out of us. And he'll put you in front of trouble so you can see yourself. Peter, go further out there. He goes away. Keep going. Go into the deep. That's why we need deep relationships with God. We need to be in there long enough so that we'll know that he knows what we know. That's why God wants your total commitment. He don't want you halfway. See, you want to be blessed. God wants you to be blessed. You got to learn how to stay in the study, stay in the prayer, stay in the confession. Even when it don't look right, keep saying it, keep saying it, keep saying it, keep saying it, and keep saying it. Because if God word said it, you say it. Keep saying God supply my need. Keep saying that God is my healer. Keep saying God is my deliverer. Keep saying God made me the head. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. Keep saying it till you get that breakthrough. Don't let your flesh talk you into a comfortable, no good life. Lunch into the deep and let down your nets for a drop. Once your nets are down, that means you're into a deep relationship. In other words, I put my God down around God. He knows everything about me. I'm into the deep side of the kingdom. Some of Peter being wise and trying to explain to Jesus. Now, now Master, let me explain something to you about fishing. This is where we get crisscrossed with God. Now, I was out there all last night. And first of all, can I say this to you, Jesus? Now, if the fish see the net, they're not going to get in it. That's why we go out at night. You don't understand the theory behind catching fish. And I've been out there all night. And if they were out there available to be caught, we'd have caught them. Then after a while, he stopped feeling like a fool. Why am I telling this to Jesus? So he looked at him and said, Nevertheless, at that word, I let down the net. But notice what he said. He was going to let down one net. Jesus told him to let down all his nets. He was disobedient. Nevertheless, at that word, I let down the net. Back that thing up and look what Jesus said. Launch out in the deep and let down your nets. See, because what God is about to do with you, it's going to take more than just you. It's going to take your family. It's going to take your sons and daughters. It's going to take a team to help you do what God want to do with you. So you can't be selfish in this game. It takes more than one person to make things work. God said we're a body of believers. Some of the hands, some of the arms, some of the legs, some of the neck. It's a body in motion. Nevertheless, at that word, I let down the net. So Peter's acting like many of us. He's going to drop down one net to prove to Jesus, I'm obedient. You say, I put one out there. So we can finally conclude this. I got to go back now, wash that net, fold it back up, and put it back in this position 
So tonight when I go out, plus I would have been asleep by now, Jesus. I would have got a good morning rest, and, and, and I would have been ready for tonight. Now you got me out here all day. I was out all night, and I didn't go to sleep. You want me to put all my nets out, and now I got to come back, clean it up, fold it up, put it up, and I still didn't. And when nightfall hit, I got to go back out and see if I can make some money. God is just looking at him. And I'm sure the Holy Ghost saying, Jesus, be patient with him, be hard head. That's Simon the Rock. He got a head like a rock. But we're going to get him. So now, Jesus said, launch into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. Luke 5, 6 is where your breakthrough come in at. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish. The net broke. His little one net. And if I know Peter, like I know a lot of us, he didn't take his best net out. You say the best for last, you know. He went and got, well, I throw this out there. It ain't nothing. This is one of my old bad nests. I need to repair it anyway. It's got a couple of holes in it. So I'm going to put that out there for Jesus. So he puts that out there. Not realizing he's not dealing with an ordinary God. You're not dealing with an ordinary God. I don't care how many people around you is poor. That's not your lot in life. Come on. That's not what God called you to. He said, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prosper. Your lot is God's lot, not the world's lot. We don't live by their standards. We live by God's standards. That's why God keeps telling us, drop your nets. Follow my rules. I'm going to bless you. And I'm sure when they drop those nets, and they begin to enclose a great multitude of fishes. Think about this now. See, what we fail to realize until we really get close with God, and God really start talking to us in a way that makes us look like we're crazy. God no fish language. He know mosquito language. He know frog language. He know turtle language. When he wanted gnats and flies and, and, and frogs all over the place, he spoke their language. All of y'all had to Egypt and go up in there. Peter didn't realize that God understood fish language. He got under that water and said, every fish in this lake, I want you to go over to Simon Peter's net and get in his net right now. And every fish in that lake begin to swim towards him. What I'm telling you today, if God tell every banker in this city to come and bring you resources, if he tell every sinner to bring their money to you, you're not dealing with an ordinary God. You're dealing with an extraordinary God. And if God tells somebody to do something, they're going to do it. He knows everybody's language. And nobody can resist God. Absolutely nobody. Because when God starts talking, everybody starts listening. Nobody can resist him. And when they had this done, and when they had done what he told them to do, when they had did it, it's when you go out into the deep. It's when you follow the command. It's when your obedience to God is locked in place. You would experience the next breaking side of your life. You don't experience it until you go all the way. Until you die to yourself, you can't come alive to him. You can't be playing the world and playing the kingdom at the same time. Gasoline and water don't mix. Daylight and darkness don't go together. I had to give up the clubs. I couldn't go back out there. I had to give up doing what the world was doing. I couldn't get in their lane. If I wanted what God had for me, 
I seriously want to get out of the situation that I was stuck in. I was raised up in poverty. My parents didn't give us any hope. They were not educated people. They didn't see the future being bright. The one thing that my mother and dad gave me, and I keep saying them to this day, they long gone on to glory, but I always tell them, I said, the one thing you gave me was the right thing. They gave me the word of God and told me, son, this right here can help you. They didn't know what to agree, to the degree that it would help me, but they knew that, son, if you just took this and did what the Lord said, you'll be all right. But I decided I wanted to be more than all right. I study, I pray, and I ask God for wisdom. He said, I give it to you liberally. Let me tell you something. You're in a place right now where God said, I got you in the deep part of your life. Now I want you to drop everything and trust me. I want you to believe that I'm going to bring you your harvest right now. Not next week, but right now. Hallelujah. Somebody off right Bible said they enclosed a great multitude of fish and their net broke. Your net will break, but there must be a nevertheless. At that word, I will let down the net. Let me show you why it's so important. Now, Jesus went out with Peter on that boat. And even though he went out, there were other little ships following them. They knew that Jesus had something. Isn't it amazing when you hang around somebody that you know that they got the power of God on them? Something's going to happen to you. That's why you, you troll around them. You hang around them. You sit around them. You listen to them. Because you never know when God going to break something and that break will be on you. While Peter was out there, the Bible said he looked over at the other ship and he beckoned them. Come here. Come here. Come here. I can't handle this because all the fish were jumping in this net. When they realized the net was not doing it, they started jumping in the boat because God said, this man will go home and he will be blessed when he get back home. And then he told his friend, come over, come over, come over. And the Bible said, the fish filled all their ship and their ships were sinking because it was too much fish for all of them to hold. Come on, somebody. Pastor, you get that potter's home going. You'll watch God's hand move up in there. He'll begin to turn that place around. Souls will begin to change. And even the ones that get delivered will go find other people and bring them and say, you'll get delivered if you go in there. Come on, somebody. Give them a praise offering. They, they toiled all night. But Jesus got them to see something. That every fish understood his voice that's why your will is critical in this whole matter if I'm willing to do what God called me to do if I stay around the word of God so that it can begin to instruct me begin to give me insight then God can do something special with me I like what Malachi said in uh, 310 pastor was hitting on the thing in Luke 6 38, I think it was. Give and it shall be given. Malachi said, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me not here what said the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there will be not be room enough to receive. I will see that verse. That was the verse that stopped me from taking my tithes and paying on a car. But see, God allowed that to happen. Sometimes God wants you to see how far deep you'll go with him. Once I realized that this was all about God, this was all about the devil trying to stop me from doing what thus says the Lord. And when you realize that I'm in a place where God can really work with me, then you'll begin to do what God said. I got to bring it to the storehouse. See, if I keep it, it can only satisfy a portion of what I need. But when God get it, like they say, a little in the master hand become much. You got to allow God to take that tie. You got to trust God. That's why you stay on your knees and keep saying, oh, my knees are being supplied according to his riches and glory. The windows of heaven are open up and blessings are being poured out in my life. You got to stand on the word. You can't let the enemy get in there and get a drop on you and make you believe that you're losing. You're not going to have this and things are hard. Don't say what the devil say. Never pronounce what they say. Don't talk about the economy. Talk about God's economy. Don't talk about what you don't have. Talk about what God said belong to you. Come on. Tell yourself what does 
Hallelujah. You want to fill your ship. That car was the beginning of a miracle cars in my life. God, when it's worth enough to give me a car dealership, I was selling cars. Far cry from me losing a car to selling cars. And started driving in the car I wanted to drive. In the car, I thought of God, said, go get it. I was sitting down one day having lunch, and God said, get up and go down the street and get your new car. I jumped up out of the restaurant, ran down the street, went into a Mercedes dealer, and said, I want that car right there. The man said, no, you don't want that car. Let me sell you this car. I said, buddy, I want that car. He tried everything to give me whatever kind of car. I didn't want us. I'm going home. He finally called me about uh, two or three days later. He said, come here. I want to, I want to show you something came in there. He gave me this car. I said, drive it for a week. I drove this car for a week. I said, I'm going to drive it everywhere. You should have never gave it to me. I drove it in and everywhere I want to go. And when I got through driving it, he said, what you think about it? I said, I want that car right there. This one you can have back. I'm through driving it. Left and went home. He said, okay, okay, okay. Called me back about three days later. He said, come down here. I said, I'm not coming back for no other rides. I don't want to ride in your cars. I don't want nothing else from you. You can't do what I want. Quit calling me. He said, no, come down. I want to show you one thing. I drove up. He had the car sitting in the front of the lot by the road with all the doors open. And when I walked up, he said, here's the paper. Just sign it to get your car and get out of here. Don't tell me what God won't give you. He'll give you your heart's desire. If God tell you to do something, do it. Peter, drop your net. I'm going to bless you. That net catching prosperity of fish brought him into full-time ministry. Peter at that point had to sell all of the fish he had. So all his neighbor fish, all his friends sold fish. And they came into the ministry with Jesus Christ. And they didn't come in there broke. Why? Because they sold all that fish. Don't tell me what God planned is not doing for you. God is trying to bring you to another place in him. Come on, somebody. He want to sink your ship with prosperity. He want to bless your position that nobody can take it from you doesn't matter what people think about you. God want to bless you. As long as you go along with God, God will take you along with him. There ain't nothing too hard for God. Nothing. God wants you to realize something. He's no ordinary God. He ain't one of these people that force you to wear. Now, you ever notice God don't force us to wear no kind of special clothes? He don't force us to at a certain time when the bell rings, we got to drop down on our knees and start, none of that stuff. Because he's real. He's a real God. He just wants you to love him from your heart. He just wants you to honor him from your heart. He don't mind you going through whatever. You can get on your knees and do it. He said, I don't care. As long as you love me from your heart. See, Peter, the verse 9 said, he was astonished and all they, all that were with him, and they dropped the fish which they had taken. Everybody was shocked. And God will shock you too. I'm still shocked at what God is doing inside of my life. Forty some years later, I'm shocked. He never quit shocking you. Get somebody put you in a chair and time you get ready to do something. He hit the button again. I got something else for you. Oh, a new car, a new house. Okay, more money, another trip. He never stopped hitting the button. Because I'm going to give him the glory. That's why you're going to give him the glory. You're going to keep pronouncing God is good all the time, and he's yet good right now. Come on, somebody, give him a praise offering. God simply needs to total you. He wants to total you. Nothing too hard for God. Nothing's too hard. Ask God, why are you always sending me outside of the country? Because nobody in this country believes what you say. <laughs> They're too comfortable back home. They have everything. God 
is wanting to expose itself to someone that want more. Want more him. Want to be more into his kingdom. Want to do more for people. Want to reach out and help somebody else. Want to be, make sure that something unique is happening in the earth because we showed up. This is our season. This is our moment. This is what God has called us to do. And God will begin to bless you. He'll begin to bless you. Remember for years I was around pastor. that kept believing God for a place of worship. I started in my living room. I was in the living room. But I did something real strange at the first service. I had like $300. And God said, I want you to start a ministry. And the pastor I was with, he was kind of like, he kind of scared of me. You know, after a while, you kind of look like you kind of nutty buddy to people. When you start doing strange things in the kingdom. And so he was like, he didn't want me to start a ministry in the same city he was in. Because he thought I wanted to take the people from him. I didn't want the people from him. When he failed to realize that it didn't belong to him anyway. It belonged to the kingdom of God. But I wasn't trying to get no one to lead the church to follow me. I knew that was a bad rule. God was trying to do something unique in my life. So what I did that day, we took the offering up in the house, and I had $300, and I walked up and I said, God, let the miracle begin. I laid the $300 in that offering plate. Them $300 has spanned me and the first lady around this globe. $300 now. We have no outside sponsors. Everything that God does in Word of Light Global, he sent it to Word of Light Global. Word of Light Global is what sent us around the world. There's nobody outside that's doing this for us. But God. The only outsider I know, if you can call him an outsider, that's actually fueling everything that we're doing, how we reach people, how we establish things, help build churches, help get things launched into the earth. We simply believe that when God said do that, we get up and do it. That's what God is trying to say to you. I'm launching you into something that can't be done naturally. I'm doing it supernaturally inside of your life. And so when we say, Lord, launch us, let the miracle begin. We started, went from there to a storefront, stayed in the storefront for a number of years, left the storefront, landed on nine acres of land. And when things got really tough on that property, and it looked like everything was about to go awry, and it looked like we couldn't pay for it, all of a sudden God sent someone there to buy some of the property. And I told the story in the conference, one acre and a third, we sold it for 550000 U.S. dollars. One acre now. A half a million dollars. And the guy told me I was crazy if I thought I would get it. Now, so if you thought if you think I'm crazy, go to wherever you want to go to your other property. He came back days later and had the paper, said, sign it right here. We'll pay you for what you want for that property. And we sold it to him. It got us totally out of debt, paid off everything, put money in the bank, and supplied our mission trip and sent us back into the world. What God is trying to say to you, I'm going to launch you into another category. I'm going to move you to a place you don't even know what the place is. But it's going to be deeper than you ever seen. And it's going to be weighted. It's going to be out there. And God's going to raise it up. And let me tell you, as long as you support and supply and be, be behind the man of God, great and mighty things will begin to happen inside of your life. Get this, everybody around me. And my wife at the ministry. When they drove up, they looked like they came off a battlefield. And when most of them, when we left that city, they looked like they were driving vehicles for a king and a prince, their clothing, their dress, their jobs. But why? Because God's word transformed them. They were not the same people. They were sad that God had transferred us. But they were not in debt. They had all the needs met. 
and we're living like royalty. Some of them begin to travel with us around the world because they saw something. And I'm telling you, the man of God has his hand inside of the chain, the Holy Ghost chain. And things will begin to happen, even though it look normal right now. No one can tell me sitting in a living room with four or five people, something great was going to come out of there. Moving to a storefront. People kept telling me, there's too many people in there. You can get out of there. If something happened, you can't get them all out. They pestered me for weeks and months. The people said, we're going to put you out. If you don't get out of there. And I told God, I have nowhere to go. They're getting ready to put us out. And God had a pastor to call me. I said, hey, man. I heard you say you was going to move. You got to move. I said, yes. He said, where are you going? I said, I don't know. He said, why don't you come over here until you figure out what you're going to do? I moved over there with the church. He said, you can stay here until you figure out where you're going. Those nine acres is where I went and parked to figure out where I was going. God moved him out and gave the property to us. And that's how we get them nine acres. And the guy that called to find out what I was trying to do is the one God was telling, call him, invite him over, and then God said, then I'm going to kick you out. He put him out. He woke up one day and said, I got to move. I said, well, where are you going? I don't know. He said, you want the property? He sold it to us and left. That property became a gold mine. Let me tell you, whatever God's hand is on in your life, it is a gold mine. I don't care if they never look up. That's a gold mine. Because you'll be like the widow. You keep pouring it and keep running. Keep pouring and keep running. God is saying to you today, I want you in the deep. I want you to stay there. And I want you to believe me. I want you to declare what I said. And I'm going to bring it to pass. Come next year when we roll back through here again, I guarantee you, if y'all stay true to what you believe that God is saying in your life, each one of you have a mega testimony of what God did from this year to next year in the name of Jesus. Let's give God a praise offering. Nevertheless, at thy word, I'm going to let down the nets. God bless you, Pastor. Hallelujah. The message is brought to you from Impact Church, located along Parker Road at Polvi House, third floor, Westlands, Nairobi. Our vision is to be a church for those tired of business as usual. You can contact us on plus 254-710-640-240. For further details, visit our social media pages, Impact Church KE1. The kingdom of God is not a matter of words.